0: Oh, let's give God praise together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So happy to be in God's house here tonight with God's people. Amen. And it is a delight of mine to have the invitation once again to come. Many, many years ago, I was privileged to have an invitation to come preach when it was held here in the church. And once received the invitation to come preach while it was at the conference center. Amen. And now, to come here back to the church, I'm glad it's back in the church. I'm enjoying this tremendously. Amen. Sometimes them hotel people just don't quite understand our methodology of getting down in the house of God. Glorifying the Lord. Amen. And I too am happy to have my wife here with me. They tell me that she's been telling these ladies stories about me. Would you like to hear a story about her? Wow, what a divided house. (laughs) Amen. Well, it's good to be here. Hallelujah. First night, amen. God got to working on my blind spots. In every other service, God's worked on my deaf and dumb spots.
1: (laughs) Amen.
0: And allowed me to see what I needed to see. I trust that that's how each one of you feel about this conference. Amen. I think it'd be in order for us to give this home church a great big hand clap of praise for hosting this conference. Thank you, brother and sister Bass, church family. Amen. For a wonderful, wonderful conference for us to be able to come to. And we have certainly been blessed by that, and I appreciate it. Amen. Open up your Bible tonight, if you will. I'm reading to you from the 6th chapter of the book of Samuel, a very familiar story out of the Bible that I just feel upon my heart to preach to you about here tonight. Amen. Second Samuel chapter. Number 6 if you will look there with me amen the 6th chapter of the book of 2nd Samuel and I'm going to read to you verses that you could probably quote portions of this here tonight and I'm sure many of you could preach it better than I could attempt to preach it tonight, but since it's my turn, my Florida vacation is finally over. Amen. You've got to hear me preach tonight. Second Samuel chapter 6 and verse number 14 said, And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting, With the sound of the trumpet, and as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. She despised him in her heart. Down to verse number 20, said, Then David returned to bless his household. He wasn't in a fussing mood. Amen. He was ready to bless his household. Amen. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaidens of his servants as one of the vain fellows, shamelessly, Uncovereth himself David said unto Michael It was before the Lord Which chose me before thy father And before all his house To appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord Over Israel Therefore will I play before the Lord Hallelujah I will yet be more vile and thus, and will be base mine own sight, and of the maid servants which Thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Amen. My mother had her 80th birthday not too far back, and I flew back to South Carolina, and each of us kids were asked, to bring a surprise letter for my mother on her 80th birthday. And so I sat down and tried to pin a little letter to my mother of thanksgiving for all that she has meant to me throughout the years. And as I wrote that letter and looked the letter over, a little inspiration came for... The message that I'm going to preach to you about here tonight. Amen. And that is, I I wrote to my mother, reminding her of an incident in my life, in my childhood, matter of fact, amen, where my mother convinced me, and this is the title for my message, that ridicule is no match for true convictions. Ridicule, ridicule, is absolutely no match for true convictions. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not just going to preach to you about holiness here tonight, but I think we need to have a conviction about this evangelism we've heard taught around here. Well, hallelujah. 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 We need to have a conviction, a true conviction about worship. It don't need to just be when somebody can finally pump and prime it out of me. I'll, I'll shake a leg just a little bit. If, you know, if you make me feel bad enough, I'll get out in the aisle every now and then. Oh, hallelujah. We need true apostolic convictions in our heart. Can you say Amen. Hallelujah. Let's ask God to talk to us tonight. Savior, in the holy name of Jesus Christ, God, I stand here incapable of preaching, Lord in the way that would be the blessing to Your people. If I do it on my own, God, it will not accomplish its purpose, Savior. But I pray for the holy anointing of God that's been on this conference and every speaker that's come to this pulpit, Lord, has preached with a heavy anointing of Your Spirit, God. Let that anointing rest upon me, Savior. Let the Holy Ghost, the power of God, the anointing of God beyond the congregation savior I pray lord in Jesus name hallelujah 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 oh go ahead reach out to God for a little bit reach out to God for a little bit hallelujah 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 blessed be the name of the lord blessed be the name of the lord Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. We are living in an extremely hostile environment today in the United States of America concerning our religious beliefs, not just something that is uh, unique unto those that believe the apostolic doctrine like we believe it, but Anybody that believes literally in the Bible, in the Word of God, in living according to every principle of God's Word that is in the Bible, it is an intolerant society that is everywhere around us. And if you have strong religious beliefs today in the United States of America, not just California... But increasingly, from state to state, you will have to deal with ridicule. It's something that we relegated a generation ago in thinking that it was only something that our little girls would have to deal with when they went to a gym class or PE class because they, they would not dress out. And we would think that the ridicule was something that would only be heaped upon the boys that in the hot muggy summertime, would go out there in sweatpants and modest shirts, uh, and that's what they would do their physical education class in. And we uh I remember those days. I remember the feeling as a teenage boy in the sixties of going to the public school that I went to and and some of the mockery and the ridicule that was there. And I thought well, that's okay. Amen. Really kind of runs off you like water off a duck's back if you get the attitude right. It says, you know what? Those people aren't really important to my world. Amen. That teacher that in that biology class wants to make all kinds of fun because I don't swallow hook, line, and sinker, that ignorant belief of evolution and all of that stuff, it it really doesn't phase me. Amen. Because the the truth of the matter is that ridicule that comes from outsiders doesn't really affect us very much. And I want to tell you in my text that I read to you tonight, the Holy Writ puts its finger on the sorest of all sore spots when it shows to us without doubt that ridicule that comes from insiders is a kind of ridicule that hurts. I mean, bad to the bone hurts. Stuff that just wants to double you over in the pain of feeling what you are feeling. And so we are living in that society today where the adversary has successfully made sure that the ridicule that we are dealing with today is no longer from the outsiders, but it is the ridicule uh, from those who are... Important in your world. Amen. 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 From family. From blood kin. From those that the cradle of your infancy were the people that were the most important unto you. Uh The closest of your friends and, and confidants that are there. That in a day of more decency, they, they would never have thought about getting in your face like somebody at school used to get in your face, uh, over the fact that you look different than they did. Oh, hallelujah. I don't think it's some strange, uh, weird thing. Matter of fact, I know it's not. Uh, that's just happening to all of those out on the left Coast, all of those liberal folks that are off in California. I believe it's from coast to coast, uh, amen, north to south, everywhere in between. uh, The battle for ridicule uh, that is going on today is coming from the inside. Amen. Good wife. I don't mean to embarrass her, but a man I have have heard her with very, very much pain describe how that her family, a family that all she knew was one God, apostolic, Jesus' name, baptized believers, that lived and dressed just like we do here today. That at one time numbered 80 of them. And she is now the last remaining one out of 80. That dresses like an apostolic ought to dress. That lives like an apostolic ought to live. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, we need somebody to help us to see uh, how to deal with the ridicule of the insiders. Because believe me, it it don't make the holidays uh, a walk in the park for anybody when those types of situations happen. It doesn't make for that sweet communion and that fellowship uh, and that close camaraderie that we once knew and dreamed that it would always be that way, that it would always stay that way. Oh, my friend, the Bible teaches us that David uh, really didn't have a problem about the mockery and the taunting of the Philistines and all of the enemies that surrounded Israel. But the day that it got unbelievably close to home and the one that mattered the most unto him, amen, had that look about her and that attitude about her that began to lash out at him. Yes. Over an honest and open, sincere love and devotion uh, unto the Almighty God uh, that was expressing, this is how I love my God. Uh, this is how I worship Him. Uh, this is all I know to do. Uh, amen. This is the joy of my life. Uh, I am gonna serve God. Uh, if anybody and everybody don't like it, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm I'm gonna live right. Oh hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am here to preach to you tonight uh, that the need of our hour is men and women uh, that are stronger than the intimidation of insiders, uh, stronger than the peer pressure, uh, stronger than their own fears, uh, stronger than all of the resistance uh, that the enemy puts up. Uh, Amen. Got it in their gut said, this is a true conviction of mine. I don't care if grandma walks away from it. Grandpa walks away from it. I don't care if all my brothers and all my sisters. Oh, hallelujah. 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 We all, amen, were shocked as we read the story of the last hijacked plane of the 9-11 tragedy that struck here. And all of the articles that I read, you may not have read or tell me if there were other articles that were written, but all of the articles that I read about that last plane and that struggle and that fight that ensued, all focused around men. All right. Did anybody read an article where a Butch Dyke stood up and said, Let me at him. I didn't. I didn't read any of that. The women's livers had a conference on the plane and said, We'll take care of it, you bunch of wimps. Did you read any articles that were like that? No, my friend, because when the chips are down, the women and the children are looking to the men. Yes, they are. They're counting on the men to be real men. They're counting on the men. (laughs) to not value their own life or their own reputation or their own anything to fight for the cause that is a life and death struggle that is going on. Hallelujah. You know... Peer pressure is a tremendous thing in the way it affects people and and the way it affects their their attitudes and all of that. A noted French naturalist once wrote a little story I read in a book about some caterpillars that were called processional caterpillars. And he told this story of how a little experiment that he did that he put a bunch of caterpillars inside of a flower pot. And with that flower pot, he put their favorite food right in the center of the flower pot. I mean, it was the stuff that they'd die for. It, it was their favorite type of food. And he was, he put a big mound of it in the center of this big flower pot. But by nature, those, they're not called processional caterpillars by accident. It means that they just do whatever the dude in front of them is doing. That's what they do. They just march in the procession. And so he put a bunch of these processional caterpillars inside this flower pot that was there and he put the lead one Instead of heading toward the food, he put him heading around, ring around the rosy. To where all he would do is circle the flower pot that was there. And he described how it was that he was amazed day after day after day. He knew they could smell the food. He knew they were getting unbelievably hungry for the food. But every morning when they woke up and wiped the sleep from their eyes, all they would do is follow the guy in front of them around the flower pot. (laughs) Well, you know how it is after a few days of fasting. uh, Amen. You get a little tired and you get a little draggy and you get... Well, imagine if your body was that small. How how quick you'd wear out. But all of a sudden they realize that that's what we're supposed to be doing. So let's just get after it and and do it again. Until finally the lead caterpillar peeled over dead. You'd have thought one or the other would have said enough of that nonsense. Where's the grub? But instead... The one behind him would crawl over his dead comrade uh, and just continue the march uh, around the edge of the flower pot. And he said he couldn't hardly believe it. He said, number two in the procession dropped dead. And they all climbed over number one and number two, number three. Until he said, not one bit of food was eaten, not any of it was bothered at all. And one by one, every one of the caterpillars dropped dead. Now the real tragedy of that is that For a caterpillar, the caterpillar stage is only a brief stage in their life. Oh, hallelujah. Because they were programmed by God to become butterflies. They were programmed by God to eat the good stuff and get the vitamins. And programmed that they could shed all of that in a cocoon. And they could fly away in a beautiful glorious display uh, of the talent and the power of the almighty God uh, that they live with Uh, oh my friend what what are you trying to say I'm trying to tell you today uh, amen that peer pressure can be the most stifling uh, most destructive thing uh, that could happen not only to a caterpillar uh, but unto human beings uh, unto an apostolic church uh, unto to an apostolic preacher of the gospel, uh, amen, that just has the idea that if anybody ridicules anything that I'm doing, uh, I'll just follow, uh, amen, along with the Pied Piper. Uh, I can't stand for anybody to think uh, that I'm out of step uh, with the group think uh, and whatever else is going on. Uh, I'm telling you, we need, oh God, uh, we need grown men. Uh, they are cowing down uh, to peer pressure. Uh, you should have grown out of that in adolescence. Uh, that should have been something, uh, amen, that you kicked way back behind uh, when you were a teenager uh, and got to the place uh, that said, I'm a man. Uh, I'll stand on my own two feet. Uh, amen. I'll fight for God. Uh, I'll do what God expects me to do. Uh, I don't care what anybody else thinks. Yeah. Hey. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tell you, ridicule is no match for true convictions. And that ridicule has got you hunkered down. <laughs> you need to get it as a true conviction. Hallelujah. And I'm going to talk to you about a few of those. Oh, Hallelujah first area we're going to talk about is worship. Oh, hallelujah. We need for worship to be a true conviction in our hearts. Hallelujah. The Bible said that the ark of the Lord was being brought back unto Israel. Oh, what a happy day. I love that story when I read about it. I think it. It don't hardly seem like very many Pentecostal church services that I've been in in my lifetime. And the fact that David said we don't wait till the ark (laughs) gets all set up inside of the tabernacle before we break out in a hallelujah spell. He said, matter of fact, we have regular... Interruptions. (laughs) Interruptions. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. He said, matter of fact, we've scheduled it to, that about the maximum distance that we can go, Ooh, hallelujah, that we have to say, Hold your horses. I can't contain myself anymore. (laughs) He said after every six paces, brother, amen, they'd call a time out. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I just can't go folks uh, that think the way they ride with the preacher is to wait till he gets to the end of his sermon uh, and he's finally hit the climactic point uh, at the end and all of a sudden they'll, they'll get, woo, thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. That was pretty good after all, man. Uh, Woo, he did have something to say. Uh, Took him a long time to get off the runway, uh, but he finally got that plane airborne. Uh, Oh, my friend, if we're true apostolics uh, with a conviction about worship, uh, amen, every six paces, we gotta stop and say uh, whoever playing, uh, who's ever singing, uh, who's ever preaching, uh, I gotta worship a little while. uh, I gotta glorify my God a little while. uh, I didn't come uh, for a concert. uh, I didn't come uh, to hear a political speech. uh, I came to worship uh, the Lord of lords, uh, the God of glory. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) Years ago, I I preached a revival for old Elder Ike Terry. Well, you just have to have preached for him to have understood a little bit about what I'm going to say. But Elder Terry, he just, well, he... I don't know. We've all got blind spots, I guess. (laughs) Hey, man, Elder Terry just went to seed on a scripture in the Bible about, you know, the oxen don't low while they're eating. (laughs) And so that was the mantra of the church, that when the preacher was preaching, everybody just sat there quiet. That was just all part of it. Worked out really good till he retired from pastoring and got to traveling around in churches. And he got a new doctrine.
1: <laughs>
0: he kinda liked that response a little bit. Amen. But that was his you know, he he about the third night of revival, he said he was introducing me to preach, he said, Now He said, Brother White, he's here. And said, I know, I can tell he's a little high strung. And he's, you know, he gets, well, he's getting a little antsy, you know, because the folks aren't responding. He said, he said, Brother White, he said, I'm just going to tell you, they're eating. They're eating. Said, you got to understand, they're eating. I got up in the pulpit and I. I said, you know, man, I love good cooking. And if you folks are really eating, could you lick your chops every once in a while? Could you at least say, Mmm, mmm, mm,
1: mmm,
0: Hallelujah. Hey, man, I got the preaching along that night, and all, all of a sudden I, I, I looked up, and Elder Terry was known, known for asking questions right in the middle of your sermon. <laughs> he didn't write the book, Why Revival Terry's, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of the preaching. I mean, you'd see his hand lifted up, and, you know, he'd, he'd get you off on some theological question or ask you, Are you trying to say this and this? And what about this? And, oh, Jesus, it was the dread. Of every evangelist that went there. Amen. And I thought, oh God. And I looked down. He would, he'd leave the platform and sit down in the audience and one night I looked up and there he sticks his hand up in the air. Big wide platform. I thought I feel led of God to preach to this side of the church for a while off I went, Uh, amen, just preaching all I had, amen, to that side. And I went back and I I turned this way and then I thought, oh God, this is open rebellion. Here it is. The pastor's trying to shut me down and stop me. And oh God. Finally, I just stopped and I said, yes, elder. He said, I was just hoping you could stop for a minute. He said, because... I want to shout a little bit. I said, get with it, Elder. Go ahead. Go ahead. He said, just be quiet then, because I don't want to miss what you're saying. Uh, I said, get after it. Uh, he got out in the aisle, and he did the best dance he could for his age. Uh, hey Amen. Went around there doing that, and the whole place exploded. <laughs> Oh, thank God. Uh, amen. Some folks uh, amen, you got to learn uh, how to eat uh, and how to respond at the same time. You gotta learn that we don't wait till the ark gets all the way to Jerusalem before we get excited about it. Amen. Every step that gets us that much closer ought to bring out a shout. It ought to bring out a response. It ought to do something for our soul as we worship our God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Michelle, if you please. Uh, well, heard of the boy named Sue, so we just call her Michelle, because we don't know any Michaels that are females in our American culture. Michelle heard the ruckus coming down the road. And she knew, because her husband hadn't been able to sleep at night for several nights, He was wired up, brother it wasn't a caffeine high. He was ever more excited about bringing the ark of God home to Israel. Amen. She knew as the noise got louder and louder that, amen, the carnival was soon approaching and she'd have to deal with seeing uh, him and all of these weird and awkward uh, ways in which he worshiped his God. Uh, Amen. The ways uh, he He didn't just dance. The Bible said he leaped. Uh, Amen. I can just see him out there gyrating, uh, going absolutely nuts. Uh, And the Bible said, here was old Michelle. Uh, Amen. And she's standing there peeking behind the blinds. uh, And she's looking out from the palace there. And she sees uh, her husband. And she's watching him now. Uh, Amen. There he is, uh, as undignified as you can. Uh, I'm telling you, he's out there peeling off. Uh, his sandals uh, taken off his royal robes uh, he's forgetting all about trying to impress anybody but God, hallelujah, hallelujah, he, he don't need anybody else's respect uh, as long as he can get God's attention. Uh, that's all that matters to him uh, is that God likes uh, what he's doing uh, in the presence of God. Uh, and there David is, uh, just a juking and a jiving and a dancing uh, and a carrying on. Uh, amen. Having a fabulous time in worship. Worship. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. And he goes trotting inside of the house. And baby, let's run the aisles together tonight. Take a hold of my hand and let's dance together before our God. But she's got that look that will stop a speedy locomotive. You've seen that stare, haven't you, before? They'll freeze water in an instant. Some of you are so intimidated, you can't even say amen to that. You poor fellow, you.
1: <laughs>
0: and there she is, looking at him. And she starts in telling him, telling him how ridiculous that he looked out there carrying on and fussing like that how stupid he made himself appear for the eyes of all of Israel verse 21 he said honey you missing the point <laughs> what's the point then I wasn't doing it for Israel I wasn't doing it for you.
1: Uh,
0: I wasn't doing it for the benefit uh, of anybody else that was watching. He said, amen, it was before the Lord uh, that I was out there doing all that stuff, uh, carrying on the way I was carrying on. Uh, Amen, it was before the Lord. uh." And she responded back to him, and I don't want to go into all of the uh, Hebrew here, but just take the time, if you ever want to study it, you'll find it to be true. She responded back to him with the Hebrew root word that was the word for a light-footed camel. She said, David. David. Now, if you had to get so demonstrative out there, couldn't you do it with a little dignity? Don't you have a little coordination left in your limbs and arms? Couldn't we hire some praise dancers that could school you?
1: <laughs>
0: Choreograph your movements. And the rest of the world finds it a more palatable
1: that's
0: right, that's right. <laughs> yeah And the member was asking some of their family that they went to visit, said, hey, "Do you go to church much anymore?" I said, "Not much. I only go to see the praise dancers." Yeah. David." I remember the very first time. I mean, this was a few years ago that I ever saw a former one that's apostolic in a church service do all that choreograph stuff. I thought, that's the stuff the can-can girls do in the saloons, isn't it? All right. <laughs> Who in God's green earth wants to bring that in the house of God. Lost your ever loving mind, amen, for you to bring that into god 's house uh, and all of that stuff that 's just synchronized together uh, to do it said uh, you you don 't understand uh, amen you 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 might have been raised a poor little shepherd boy uh, out on the hillside uh, amen, where all of your worship uh, nobody else was watching uh, but I've been raised, uh, amen, in the palace. Uh, I'm a royalty. I was a princess, uh, amen. I had some finesse uh, and some style and some class. Uh, I was taught better than you were taught, big boy, uh, how to do things right, uh, how to make everybody uh, look at and say, oh, that's appealing. Uh, and I can't believe you. Uh, I looked out there uh, and you looked like a camel. Uh, that was trying to get his balance right uh, and couldn't even get it all together. Uh, it, you just looked like a spastic. Uh, you just didn't make any sense at all. Uh, the way you was doing all of that stuff, uh, it just didn't fit. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, hallelujah. I I just kind of believed that David was the first male that invented the saying talk to the hand. The head ain't listening. (laughs) I know some folks that would have said Oh, baby, did I embarrass you? Sugar. Sugar, please. Please. I I married you so thinking you could be proud of me. Hoping you'd be proud of me. You'd be happy to hang on to my arm as we walk down Main Street together. And if I embarrassed you, baby, I'm so sorry. I won't ever do that again. I promise. <laughs> you let me out of the doghouse. That is, hey man, I promise you, uh, I'm gonna behave different next time. Uh, I'm gonna do it just a little bit different. And how, how you... Oh yeah.
1: Oh Ooh,
0: man, I. Oh, all these thoughts are coming in my mind. I'm trying to bind them in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah. You ever watch some of these poor, pitiful, hen-pecked men? Amen. They get a new hairdo when they get to midlife.
1: Because
0: their wife says they need one. Oh, I'm trying to bind them. God, help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Amen. 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 Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David said, Woman Whoa Whoa, if you think that was water on my fire, he said it felt like gasoline to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) You thought it was for you, honey. You ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) If you thought Oh hallelujah, study the lineage of David, my friend. Uh, generations uh, of an illegitimacy uh, within the family line uh, that kept him out uh, and all of his immediate relatives uh, out of the tabernacle uh, of the house of God uh, to worship their God. Uh, And David said, woman, uh, not for you uh, or a hundred other like you. Uh, Amen. Not for every pretty woman uh, that ever lived in Jerusalem. Uh, Are you going to mess up my worship? Uh, it's a true conviction in my heart, woman, and your ridicule is not gonna stop it. Get me my sandals back. I'm headed back out in the street. I'm gonna glorify and worship my God more than I ever have before. Oh. Hallelujah. David said, praise ye the Lord. Uh, Praise God in His sanctuary. Uh, Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Uh, Praise Him according uh, to His excellent greatness. Uh, Praise Him uh, with the sound of the trumpet. Uh, Praise Him uh, with the psaltery and the harp. Uh, Praise Him uh, with the timbrel uh, and dance. Uh, Praise Him uh, with stringed instruments uh, and organs. Upon the high cymbals, praise Him. uh, Upon the high-sounding cymbals, let everything uh, that hath breath uh, praise the Lord. uh, Praise ye the Lord. If nobody likes it, uh, God loves it. David said, uh, God loves it. Oh hallelujah. God help us at Pentecost. uh, Amen. Ever gets to the place. uh, Amen. That we want to make sure uh, our dance looks like the right shuffle. uh, Amen. We want to ever get to the place uh, that it looks like uh, it's supposed to look. uh, It will no longer be beautiful uh, unto your God uh, if it's not the wildest expression uh, of your heart uh, that you can give before Him. Oh, hallelujah 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 be seated please we need a true conviction about one God
1: you
0: know Abraham's seed brother he had an earthly seed and he had a heavenly seed and everywhere I read in the Bible Abraham's seed is completely immune to ridicule about their belief in one God you try to tell even a Muslim today that they're ignorant for not believing in the trinity. <laughs> they could care less what you think about their belief in one God. You tell a Jew today they could care less. Amen. And you ought to be able to tell a one God apostolic. And try to ridicule them out of their belief in one God. And just see them jut their chin out just a little bit farther. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because ridicule is no match for true convictions. For true convictions. If you really, really. Really, really, believe it. Hallelujah. I was listening to a man, a good friend of mine, try to describe a very well-known so-called oneness preacher that had come to his town to mix and to mingle with the Trinitarians. And it all had to do with book deals and all of that stuff. And his daughter happened to work for the large book company that was there. And he had came, you know, to, uh, to do the stuff that they're doing nowadays. Those that can't stand the ridicule over our beliefs in one God have decided that they can camouflage and blend right in with the rest to keep the heat off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The modern-day Michelles are making them break out in the hives. They can't stand the heat. So he asked him point-blank a question about it. He told him, he, he said, How can you, how can you, who professes to believe in the oneness of God, mix and mingle like you do with the Trinitarians. And his response was, my dear brother, you don't understand how healthy that that is what we are doing with them. He said it's like the bees do with cross-pollinization. And he told me that story, and dumb me, I headed down to the library. I thought, I've never studied about honeybees, but I'm fixing to pull three or four books off the shelf. Because there ain't nothing in God's nature. He must have read it wrong. That could justify oneness believers mixing and mingling with Trinitarians. Hey, hey, I'm convinced about this truth, brother. Uh, You're not going to hood me me into believing uh, that you got some story that can prove that something's okay uh, that's not right with God. And I pulled down a pile of books, uh, and I put them on the shelf there, uh, and I started reading, uh, amen, on the second page of the second book that I got to, uh, amen. It said uh, that bees practice flower fidelity thought I knew he was a lion dog <laughs> I knew he was a lion dog intuitively brother hey I'm telling you the Holy Ghost that's what the Bible teaches us uh, amen that their spirit's supposed to bear witness with our spirit if we're of God and that spirit doesn't bear witness, uh, we might not can put our finger on it. Uh, amen. Your pastor might not be able to tell you why. Uh, but there's something on the inside uh, said he ain't right. Uh, that's not right. Uh, amen. That might sound right. Uh, but it's not right.
1: Hallelujah.
0: And it explained that the way we know that bees practice flower fidelity. You said, what's that? Well, you know, fidelity in a marriage. Go learn what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. He said, so the way we know that all honeybees practice flower fidelity is you can never buy any honey nor can you get it out of the honeycomb that is a mixed type of honey. All right. All right. All right. All right. Said it's either clover honey or it's orange blossom honey. Oh, yeah. I don't need to go in the whole science lesson here. I think you're getting the point. Hallelujah. That those bees intuitively know, oh, hallelujah, that if I go kissing on an orange tree, I don't go kissing on any other trees. If I go sucking up the pollen, uh uh-huh. Of one type, I stay true to that type, uh, amen, that I'm going to bring back the pollen uh, to make the honey that I've got to make in the hive uh, that is supposed to be there. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, Amen. This old ecumenical junk. uh, Amen. Uh, There ain't no part of God's creation uh, that's ever heard of it. Uh, Amen. Ever heard of it, brother. Uh, Amen. honeybees uh, without the Holy Ghost uh, have got enough sense to know uh, that the Trinities uh, and the Oneness, folks, Uh, don't fit together. Uh, Amen. They don't rub shoulders uh, with one another. Uh, Amen. They don't belong with one another. Uh, I'm going to take it a step further, friend. Uh, The liberal Pentecostals uh, don't belong. uh, Amen. With the one God apostolics. uh, And you don't belong with them either. Uh, Amen. It's called flower fidelity. Uh, Them that love holiness uh, ought to only go to you functions uh, where there's other young people uh, that love the same holiness. Uh, amen. The ladies uh, should only go where ladies uh, love the truth uh, exactly like they do. <laughs> mm. Woo, hallelujah. Can I tell you? Be seated. I am not done. bail. Baal worship, their first wholesale introduction to open-mindedness toward other beliefs was the result of one leader named Ahab. And though I totally agree with the Scripture and we shout over the fact that God reminded the prophet that there's 7,000 that have not bowed to Baal. If you do the math, my friend you will find out that less than one-fourth of one percent of all former oneness believers in Israel at that time kept their pure oneness doctrine during Ahab's reign. You don't think it's contagious? You don't think it rubs off? You don't think it'll get a hold of you. You don't understand how things work. You don't understand uh, how it really is, brother. Ahab was successful uh, in getting uh, 99 uh, and three quarters percent of all of the oneness believers uh, to become open minded toward other beliefs uh, and just accept it all uh, as being okay. Uh, God help us. Uh, help us uh, to get something in our heart uh, that said Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Uh, no amount amount of ridicule uh, is going to change me or intimidate me uh, out of looking at any ecumenical crowd uh, and telling them here oh Israel uh, the Lord our God uh, is one Lord Uh, amen one Lord Uh, in the beginning was the word Uh, the word was with God Uh, the word was God Uh, and the word became flesh uh, and dwelt among us Uh, you better get a true conviction about one God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I mentioned earlier 9-11 and that plane. I read the story and I'm sure you did. I'm telling you the plane is being hijacked today. And you want to know the truth is, we're all on board that plane. Oh. No doubt in my mind there were men sitting on that plane reading how to win friends and influence people. (laughs) 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 Jesus. Pretend I didn't see that. Whoa. (laughs) Them box cutters really cut. (laughs) What can I do? I get up and fight. Guess what? It'll be my blood. Those that want to take this good old gospel ship into the territory of open-mindedness toward other beliefs, I promise you they'll cut you to ribbons if you stand up against them. It'll be your blood that'll be bleeding. Hallelujah. But there were some men on board that plane. Said, my blood or not, let's roll. It's worth fighting for. It's worth dying for. It's worth bleeding for. It's worth whatever you have got to do uh, to get it taken care of. You've got to do it. We've got to get a true conviction. Just allow me a couple of more. On Jesus' name, baptism. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, Oh, hallelujah. Not only do the Trinities along with the Trinities. No oneness with the oneness. But those that can have it either way in baptism, they need to be with the others that can have it either way. I mean a true conviction. I received a letter from a Bible college. I know I don't show any signs of being educated. But one day I did one of the craziest things you could do. Amen. I went to Bible college and <clears throat> didn't didn't learn any of the things that I needed to learn about anything, really, but amen. Since I was a part of the alumni, they mailed me out a letter. And this letter was a long letter. One whole area was about our vision. The other was about our mission. And the third was about our identity. And Brother Hudson, (laughs) I discovered real quick that all they wanted was my money. (laughs) That's all they wanted out of the deal. But after I read the letter, I sat there shaking my hand, my head. I thought, I read this letter and I knew personally the founder of this Bible school. I knew him personally. He was my pastor for three years. Thought he would roll over in his grave if he knew that his Bible college today, in the area of our vision, our mission, and our identity, never once mentioned that we believe there's only one God never once mentioned that water baptism has got to be in the name of Jesus Christ. I knew they had thrown holiness out the window a long time ago, but I didn't believe they were ashamed of those beliefs. I couldn't hardly believe what I was reading when I was reading that there. I thought there... They're, they're really serious about these heroic efforts to camouflage the gospel and hide the light under the gospel, under the bushel. And they claim it's a covert operation. God's special forces, they take that literal. They're trying so hard to make it look like that they're not one God, apostolic, on. tongue talkers, that insist on water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. I had a little two-year-old boy come up to me. I was preaching at a deal at Brother Mefford's church. And his little two-year-old grandson walked up beside the table. He rolled up his sleeves. He doubled up his fist. (laughs) He looked at me and said, You want a piece of this? I'm a little bigger than a two-year-old. But brother, anytime someone tries to take away the glorious truth of water baptism in Jesus' name, it makes me roll up my sleeves and say, You want a piece of this, buddy? You want a piece of this? That name is too precious for me to give it up for you is too valuable Uh, that name is the only saving name uh, that washed the stain of sin uh, off of my filthy polluted life uh, and you ain't getting it, Uh, it's over my dead body Uh, you're not taking it away Uh, I've got a true conviction uh, that neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven uh, given among men uh, whereby we must be saved. All your ridicule, all of your ridicule is not going to intimidate me. Oh, hallelujah. Final area is the doctrine of separation, brother. We better get a true conviction. Yes. I've traveled, as many of you have, down to Brazil. One of the most beautiful sights to look at is the area that they call in the Brazilian Amazon region the meeting of the waters. It's a phenomenon because a filthy, dirty, yucky, chocolate brown river flows in to a crystal Clear, transparent, see-through river. And if you look at the pictures, they actually flow side by side. You scratch your head with wonderment and you think, how can this be? How can dirty and clean water flow side by side with one another and not affect each other the part they don't show you in the picture is that it only stays that way for a tiny little distance and as soon as it rounds the bend amen the filthy dirty river overtakes the clean pure river And it turns it all the same color. And it turns it all the same filth. And it turns it all exactly the same. And you realize once again what the Scripture is talking about. Amen. man to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Because there's no way you can mix and mingle with it without it getting all over you. There is no way. The modern day Michels ridicule us and say you just don't know how to be nimble enough in your approach to holiness. <laughs> you just knew how to say it a little nicer a little smoother yeah hey, hey, they believe that bro. they believe we are the clumsy camels yeah, yeah they do they do they, they think they've got it down to a science uh, how you can teach a whole lesson on holiness without saying anything And sure enough, you won't offend anybody if you don't say anything. You don't have to worry about that, brother. Amen. You won't offend anybody but God. That is. Uh You, You just don't know how to do it and make it to where a modern generation can accept it and know. And so now they've advanced the theory. God have mercy. Help me to say it right for you. They've advanced the theory that says you don't have to even teach it or preach it. Just make sure the folks that sit on the platform look the part. Isn't that amazing? That reminds me of the old stories they tell about the subliminal messages at the movies. That what you're looking at, your subconscious just kind of picks it up. You're looking at the movie and all of a sudden, popcorn, Coca-Cola, Ooh, warm, hot, buttery popcorn. He said they just slid it in there just, you know, a few minutes before intermission because your subliminal mind, you're just looking at it and seeing it. And all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, the one beside you say, Ooh, popcorn sure sounds good right now. I don't know why I'm so thirsty for Coca-Cola. I don't know why, but I just want it. And they're trying to convince that our clumsy way of preaching holiness isn't working right. And that if you'll just make sure all the choir looks the part, and the folks in the platform, is that the way they teach giving? Just pass the plate up there And everyone in the choir Puts in tithing And they'll automatically get the message Tithing (laughs) Offerings I don't know why I'm wanting to pay tithes This week baby But I just uh, Not on your life Amen. Uh, The reason you give, if you give, uh, is because you had a pastor, hallelujah, that said, you know what? Uh, I I don't know how often I'm going to have to teach it this next year, uh, but I'm going to teach it uh, until you get it. Uh Uh-huh. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to teach it uh, until you understand it. Uh, I'm going to teach it uh, until you catch on. Uh, Amen. If they don't mind. uh, Amen. If it's every two weeks, uh, you got to hit it again. Uh, That's how people learn holiness, my friend. Uh, They learn it uh, because a man of God with wisdom uh, Amen. says, you know what? Uh, I can't let them be lost. Uh, I've got to preach it till they get it. Uh, Amen. If they hadn't got it yet uh, i'm gonna have to talk to him again about it uh, i'm gonna have to share it with him uh, oh friend uh, when you get a true conviction uh, amen about separation uh, from this world uh, you won't let anybody intimidate you uh, you won't let anybody tell you uh, that you talk about it too much uh, amen you square your shoulders yeah hallelujah said I have got stand together would you ridicule is no match for true conviction if you're cowed down today if you're a bit embarrassed about anything we believe or teach I probably won't see you next time I come to score conference because in this age that we're living in, the devil has opened the floodgates of hell for the insiders. The insiders to ridicule and intimidate God's true people from being what we should be living how we should live. Hallelujah. If someone comes to the music, let me talk to the young people for just a moment. Let me tell you, if you're going to live a separated and holy life, you're going to have to get out of the cesspool of filthy talking that your generation lives in. You're going to have to, you're going to have to be able to withstand the ridicule from the insiders. We're living in a day and a time where kids, I lie not, kids are going to oneness, Jesus' name, youth camps, with cell phones that can take pictures. And they're taking pictures of themselves in the nude and sending it by email to their newly found girlfriend in the other dorm. You know where it all starts? It all starts from language that won't remain separated. Preached an anniversary at a church out here in the east not long ago Now I watched a young man that had just got up with a talented voice sang a beautiful song had it all right Now I watched him when I was done preaching he walked down you could tell he thought he was the cat's meow several of the girls gathered around him and he looked at one of them He said, wow, you're a hot babe. Every time I see you, you keep getting hotter. I wanted to be a Nehemiah so bad. I wanted to grab him by the hair of the head. And I wanted to throw that smart aleck little GQ looking rascal out on the street. You will never, never stay separate from this world if you pick up their way of filthy talk. You will never keep your virginity, your purity, your holiness. Paul told Timothy as a young man, he said there's two parts to it. First of all, you got to flee youthful lust. That's not all there is to it though. You've got to withdraw thyself from those, and I read to you from a translation, that are de- enveloped in smoke, have a diseased appetite, are decayed. You, it's the insiders in a one God apostolic church that are defiling our youth groups. I'm telling you the gospel truth that ridicule and make fun of pure, spotless, undefiled people. Oh, hallelujah. Look that Michelle back in the eye and say, you're no match for the conviction that I have in my heart to so stay pure and clean and undefiled before God. As we play and sing here tonight, I know it's getting late, but God wants us together for a few moments of prayer. Come gather around this altar.